Now tuning in to Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hostile podcast. <laughs> no, <we> stop. <laughs> Just because I'm very pissed about this episode doesn't mean we have to start that way. It's a gradual ramp up of anger. Sorry, sorry, you're right. I gotta like realign my chakras and just really get deep into it. Oh my god. Okay, speaking of that, how does that? What do you have a segue for everything? <laughs> That's hi. Welcome to me being a Gemini. I just always have something to pull out of my pocket. Oh my um, god. So I have considered myself like blissly unaware about Game of Thrones. Like sure, I, I yeah. know about the show by proxy because I'm on Twitter. Yeah, and y'all don't shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, um, and like that's fine or whatever. Anyways, Chris, I almost called him Christopher. Who the fuck? Um, <laughs> <laughs> my partner <Christian>. Christopher uh, <laughs> fucking put on Game of Thrones on Sunday, and I was like, all right, well. I'm here. Right. I'll just watch this, I guess. And I had made the mistake, like, I don't give a fuck about that show. I watched one, I watched the first episode where um, that incesty fuck, like, yeets that kid out the window, and I was like, I can't. Um, and I so, need anyway. you to give one sentence reviews of things that you don't know about forever. Uh, so I, I made it. the mistake on Sunday of watching a, like, 15-minute review about Game of Thrones up until this point. Uh-huh. So I was like, I don't know. I don't know what happened to me. I was bored. Chris left me for like two seconds since I watched this video. And Cody, I do need to report that this show is Catherine Hardwick level of blue. Oh no. I feel like I do remember that because I've only seen the first season and that was a while ago. But I do remember that being a very cyan experience. <laughs> it is. A very dark cyan experience. It was, it was very much like a blue man group experience. That's that is my one sentence review of a show that I've never really watched. <laughs> I have been really enjoying, in addition to the Game of Thrones discourse that I don't understand, um, all of the people that I follow that watch the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh my um, god, same. Which I I, I do not like that show, uh, and I couldn't make it through like four episodes because uh, oh, no. I did not like it. Um, but. I, I know people that, like, watch it kind of like the way that a lot of people watch Riverdale. It's just, like, guilty pleasure fun. But, That's like, people too. were watching uh, the second season that just came out. And there's so many tweets that were, like, trying to watch Chilling Adventures of Sabrina with, like, full brightness. And they still can see a damn thing. <laughs> Apparently that show is so dark. <laughs> okay, but that's the thing, though. So, I didn't realize this until after I tweeted it that you could have taken it two different ways. Uh-huh. But, like, I watched this episode, and it was the darkest piece of television I've ever seen. Like, literally, yeah. I could not see it. Yeah. And I watched Supernatural, like, actively. <laughs> right. And that show yeah. is what I thought, anyways, was the darkest TV show to exist. Yeah, you would think. Um, in content as well as, like, brightness level. And then I watched one episode of Game of Thrones, and I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> They're fucking coming for their neck. Yeah. Um, welcome to Into the Twilight, by the way. Hell yeah. Um, Where we talk about every other relevant they, pop culture what? show. <laughs> what if this was just a troll podcast? Like, people thought that we were talking about Twilight, and it was actually about everything else. I gotcha. Is that anything? 
Um, yeah, sure. Well, you're here, so. Got him. I fucking got him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did it. Uh, Cody, how the hell are you doing today? I'm all right. It's That's one of good. those days where I got I got off work a little early, earlier than oh. usual, and I got to, like, I got the nice seat at the back of the train that you can see like the, there's a big window and you can just see it as you go by and the sun Ugh. was beautiful and the weather was nice and it was just like Mwah. that sounds idyllic yeah so yeah i love a good idyllic little experience there yeah it was a little nice slice of life right um i also received information this is just for you all listeners i received a little piece of fun fact trivia from cody today um by twitter and i've learned that someone in the political environment of chicago (laughs) is a tumblr fangirl from about seven years ago i'm so glad you brought this up uh so (laughs) to catch everyone up to speed on chicago politics um tony prackwinkle is the cook county board president sorry what (laughs) what is their last name Preckwinkle. Oh my god, I thought it's you said like, It's yes, Tony Tony Pringle. <laughs> she is the Cook County Board president. She ran for mayor and she lost quite quite immensely to Lori oh, no. Lightfoot in in the last election. These are all fake names. Yes. <laughs> welcome welcome to the space. <laughs> and she posts apparently it's uh national like Take control of your stress day or whatever. I don't it's know. Fucking national beat the shit out of your stress day, <laughs> it's like, I guess. Like, unwind, I crack open a cold one day. I don't know. Um, it is but, Bud Light Lime Day. But now that now that uh Preckwinkle's not like running this very aggressive mayoral campaign that she's been doing for the past like few months, she's unwinding and she's having a great time on Twitter. She's posting a lot of photos of her dog. She's doing a lot of stuff. Whatever. But today she posted a photo about fucking stress, and she's like, you should manage your stress. I'm drinking tea out of my inspirational mug. And she took a photo of it, and mm-hmm. the mug was a keep calm and carry on mug, and I, I can't uh... stop thinking about it. It haunts, every time I close my eyes, it's there. I can't. <laughs> Sometimes I remember, one, how much of my time I spent on Tumblr in late high school early college and that makes me want to die but then I remember some of the like things that were fads at that time like keep calm and carry on and I'm just like ooh, no (laughs) oh my (laughs) god did I tell you about the guy who had a keep calm and carry on tattoo no (gasps) there was a guy in it was like a fresh I think it was like a sophomore year college class that I had he came to America to come to the school or whatever. I think it was probably, like, spring, so people were, like, wearing their shorts and stuff, and it was great. Everyone's having a great time outside. And this dude, wearing shorts, has a full, like, back of his calf tattooed no. that says, keep calm and carry on. Like, on both legs? No, one, no, it's all in oh. one. All in one go. One calf. The legs would have been a, a, an aesthetic choice. <laughs> Just keep calm on one calf and carry on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, like the Tumblr bro version of the little bow tattoos. Fuck y'all, I'm getting a tramp stamp that says keep going. Oh my god, did I ever tell you about the person that thought my carry-on tattoo was about keep going carry-on? Oh no! (laughs) Holy shit. Okay, so background for you all listening. I want to 
one of the first tattoos I ever got um, is, it says carry on in this script that both tattoos on my forearms do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got it, like, right after one of my friend's, like, partners committed suicide. Like, I got it because it's supernatural, like, mm-hmm. in the, the carry on way where it's on. Anyways, yeah. like, it, it made sense to me with, like, the semicolon and whatever the fuck. Right, yeah. I got this. Before I got the one on my right arm that has, uh, that, like, continues the phrase. Mm-hmm. And someone came up to me and was like, oh, my God, I love your tattoo. And I was like, thank you. Like, it means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. They are like, I say keep calm, carry on all the time. <laughs> and I was like, I need to leave. <laughs> I actually would like a new body now. I fucked yeah. up this one. <laughs> I need to return my life, I guess, and yeah. start over. Yeah. I'm just a nomad now. I don't have a name or, or celestial body. Yeah. <laughs> I have to leave. Speaking of celestial bodies, um, I'm going to go see High Life Ooh. tomorrow. Hit him with that transition. Yeah, so by the time that this comes out, I'll have watched High Life and I'm expecting it to be very good. I hope, I expect you to be vaping the whole time in Robert's honor. Um, actually, I have asthma, so that's not going to happen. All right, can you just puff on your inhaler a few times to get yeah. the same effect? <laughs> I'll just dab one out. Yeah. <laughs> this is for you, Robert. Just take a big old puff. But not too I need you to take a video of you doing that in the theater. <laughs> I need it. I need it. Oh, man, that's so good. Then I'm going to send it to every major museum because it's high <laughs> art. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's so good. Oh, like, God. yeah, I vape. <laughs> just, how is that not something I've seen on the internet before? Right. I mean, if Vine were still here, rip. That's true. And I guess it's not nuanced and meme enough to be... Also, I was saying, like, memeing enough, and that sounded like I pronounced meme like meme in that time. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not meme enough for TikTok, <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. So we do actually have some current events. <laughs> Surprising. Fuck. Where do we even want to start? This is just so much. Uh, I mean, I think we have to start off with our pets, since we're already talking about him. Yeah, um, let's do it. The most important video has come to light. <laughs> <laughs> it is on our Twitter. So watch it. Um, if you need to see it. But it is like a a one minute, 15 second YouTube video yeah. of just the best thing I've ever seen of our pats not giving a flying fuck. <laughs> uh, um, I'm I just, waiting for the Criterion release. It's a perfect film. <laughs> yeah, so he... has got highs and lows. <laughs> it, it does. Um, at the end of High Life, all these fans came up to our paths to, like, get stuff signed, and it's a very pure and, and quite innocent video yeah. um, for the first, like, I don't know, 45 seconds or something. And then you just see this person who's taking this video um, pan over to this fan who's like, hey, our paths, can you sign this for me? And it's just a fucking, like, I think it was a headshot or yeah. just, like, a still from um, <clears throat> a Twilight movie, and he was like, uh, actually, fuck you. <laughs> Uh, just leaves, which I loved. Yeah. What so a hero. What a mood, honestly. I'm yeah. just like, nah, I think I'm good, actually. Yeah. I appreciate, you know, <laughs> your time, and thank you for supporting my art or whatever. But go fuck yourself. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
Oh, all right. Do you want to talk about this next one since you tweeted about Boy, it? do I! Because <laughs> I have palpitations. Uh, I'm so fucking overwhelmed. So we've been talking about this Charlie's Angels reboot. For forever. Right? For forever. Um, and we will talk about it for the next seven months until it comes out. <laughs> yep. And after that, and I af- guarantee and, Yeah, and then probably we'll never stop. Uh, depending on how good it is. Um, but it's the one with our, our gal case due and Elizabeth Banks, or Elizabeth Banks is producing it or whatever and directing and all this shit. There are photos that came out and I, it like broke my brain (laughs) when I first saw them. Most importantly, this photo of, of the whole squad, but case due in the front with this cheetah print jumpsuit i'm now seeing that i think it's a top and a pants situation it does look like a jumpsuit from the get-go though right initially looks like a jumpsuit but just looks like sheer loungewear just like hell yeah but also fully cheetah print and fully outside and it's so good you ever just wear loungewear and loafers hell yeah listen if you were Kristen Stewart, I'd wear, I wouldn't wear anything, first of all, but like, <laughs> it would just exist. But like, fuck it. You could just, you, if you look like that, you can wear whatever and still be so attractive and no one True. would question it. And there's so many other stills. Also, I did not know this, but Noah fucking sent a manemana, isn't it? <laughs> I did not realize that either until I scrolled down and I yeah. want to. Fucking, fucking freak out. Fucking Noah Centimeters in this and like <laughs> <laughs> Noah Centipede. <laughs> yeah, which like uh, I don't know. I yeah Live your same. Truth, I guess. That's fine. He's playing um, very much like a Chris Hemsworth vibe yeah. in this movie, it seems like. And uh, he's fine. He's just cringy and that's loud, I guess. Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah. Um, can we talk about in this still of all four of them? this, like, crop-top, high-waisted pant number that's happening oh, in the back. Yeah, Because, fuck. This little, like, um, I don't know what the proper term of it, but the, like, slit down the middle Ugh. is very good. There's, like, a it ruffled is. edge, and there's... Ugh. It's really nice. I'm a huge Welcome fan. to Fashion Corner. God, we are just fashion experts over here. Yeah, but the one thing you posted on our Twitter is, like, an actual still from the movie. Yeah. Of all of Charlie's Angels, and it it's just the hottest thing I've ever seen, basically. Uh, uh, I just want them all to beat me up. Uh, same. Because um, <laughs> Kisu is doing this, like, scrunched-up face that it's just like, excuse, yeah. like, nobody, you, that's not okay. Stop. And they're all wearing, like, fingerless gloves, and, like, yes. <laughs> they have guns, and it's, like, in a hot way, not a scary way. <laughs> yeah, it's very much in, like, a Mad Max... Fury Road right, in just like a raw lesbian way, and not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not in like a pro gun way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Only lesbians oh. are allowed to have guns. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my gun stance. <laughs> <laughs> They're the only ones that can be trusted. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, listen. Um, you know who can't be trusted? Oh shit. Segway City. <laughs> I roll them out on my Segway right now. Vaping on my inhaler. Get Buckle up, everyone. Level. You are not ready for the Segway that Abby's about to deliver. <sighs> All right. This sounds like me making another one of my conspiracy theories, but I promise you I did do this. The sun did, which, like, all right, they're kind of trashy anyway. But sure. um, so I guess a week ago when you're Uh listening to this 
Um, E.L. James released her new book titled The Mister, which we've talked a little bit about. Yeah. Um, but the reviews are starting to come out, and folks, uh, there is a conspiracy theory from The Sun that says that this book is apparently based on Meghan Markle, and I want to die. Yeah, none of this is good. No. Because uh, it's supposed to be, like, we, it's, we, we talked about it as kind of like, what, a Cinderella retelling or something like that? That's what it sounds like, right? yeah. Um, and so I guess the son is kind of pulling like, oh, well, Meghan Markle had a very Cinderella story-esque, you know, rise to her, her life now, which like, sure, um, marry a prince. That's, you know, that's what happens. That's be the rules. (laughs) One of the things that is so buck wild to me about this is one, someone let E.L. James keep writing. Yeah. That's, but, but two, the fact that I... I saw someone describe the mister as, like, less sex and more social commentary. And don't, no. E.L. James cannot be trusted no. with social commentary of any no. kind. No, no. Honey. I do like this bottom uh, thing that's like, what are the reviews for the mister? And it says, so far, there aren't any reviews for the mister. <laughs> Which is not true anymore. Yeah, well, not true anymore, Yeah. They're like, well, maybe tomorrow they'll come out, because embargo, probably. But there's also a fucking typo in this. Who copy edited this? One of the things that... So I'm looking at Dana Schwartz's review of The Mister that's on uh, Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. And the thing that is buckwild to me about this is Dana lets us know right away um, that this book does not have any BDSM in it, which, interesting. Sure. Um, apparently Dana also mentions that there's nothing kinkier in this aside from anal sex, which like, all right, E.L. James, you've toned it down a little bit, (laughs) but it does seem like there is some attempt for like social awareness in here, which is wild. Um, like you could have just done a a Cinderella retelling, E.L. James. That's like not your wheelhouse, E.L. Agreed. That's not your shtick. Yeah, just stick to what you know. And, you know, as as my lord and savior says, stick to the status quo. Oh, my God. My lord and savior. <laughs> you know, my J.C. up in the sky. Allie's only god is high school musical. <laughs> That's true. Holy shit. Okay, I have to tell you about something so important that happened today. Here's a quick little oh middle god. school corner for us. <laughs> So I'm having my eighth grade English students do these like book talks to make sure to, to encourage them and, and develop their presentation skills, whatever the fuck. Sure. Yeah. Um, and also I'm tired of grading quizzes. It's fine. Um, so one of my kids today, cause they have to sign up to do these. Um, one of my kids presented today with their book talk and Cody, <laughs> they decided to do a book talk on the old Testament. <laughs> Oh my god. And it was the funniest thing I've ever seen because um my student just like googled a picture of Jesus Christ and like put it on the the fucking board wow. and was just like here are all the buckwild things that happened in the Old Testament. And I was like, "Whoa. <laughs> like, I wish I could have seen that show." <laughs> it was a hoot and a half, I'll yeah. tell you that. Holy shit. It, um but it was it was very good. I it out of context, it looked like I had a student just preaching about religion in my class, but it was hilarious nonetheless. 
All right. We do have a question today um, that comes from Taylor Browntown Lautner, Braille in the Marines. Salute. <sighs> Salute. <laughs> um, the question is that you might have discussed this before, but what made y'all want to start the podcast? Ooh. It's been so long. God, yeah. But I also, I, I feel like I remember it so viscerally. I do too. Why don't you tell your side of the story? Because I find that in more interesting. Oh, cute. Um, so, I remember, um, Allie and I have been, like, internet friends. Like, ten nebulous internet friends for a while. Yes. And we didn't, like, know each other super closely. But, like, we knew each other's friends. We had friends of friends. We interacted somewhat on the internet. Yes. Um, knew each other's hashtag content. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember one day, it might have been on Twitter or something, and you were like, I need someone to just, like, brainstorm with me and just figure out some shit. Because I got so many projects and so many ideas, and I just want to figure it out. And I'm like, I also have that. Let's let's talk. Let's do yep. some shit. These are what I like to call my brain crack moments, where I it was, to yes, shoot I, the shit. I forgot what it was called, but yes, it was called a brain crack, and I was like, I'm in. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> And so we were, like, doing stuff. I think most of it at that time was, like, femtube stuff, yes, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah, I needed to throw some shit on the wall and right. see what stuck. And then, over the course of it, it had come to Allie's attention that I had never read or seen Twilight. And that, and that <laughs> broke Allie down. <laughs> she was so mad about it. And then we were like, this is, a like, a good idea for a podcast. <laughs> I I always was like very excited about it because I'm like, yeah. no, this is good because I don't know shit and you know everything. This is really funny. <laughs> this and is that's really how good. podcasts start. That's how most podcasts start. And then yeah. yeah, we had some other calls after that and figured shit out, and here we are, baby. Yeah, almost three years later. Whoa, what the Jesus. fuck, Jesus. I always forget. I'm like, oh, damn, when did this start? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, 2016. Before time. (laughs) The war. (laughs) Before the war. It was was such simpler times. In case you all were curious, I have not had a brain crack moment since that time. Uh, That's any indication of the world that we are living in right now. I haven't had time to think of new ideas. (laughs) I'm just trying to stay alive. Honestly, um, but yeah, so it, it ended up working out really well. I, the weirdest thing about that, and I feel like if we ever get to a point where people are asking us like regular questions or God forbid there's ever like a live thing, um, and someone asks like, how did you all meet? I'd be like, I don't fucking know. All I knew is at some point I started following you on Twitter and I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. All I know is, like, we have a friend, Mel, yeah. who I think was, like, in the middle of our Venn diagram. <laughs> and it's I, so If you ask me to trace down any of my internet friendships, I could not do it. No, God. I don't know how any of this happens. We're just here. Yeah. We, d- <laughs> we made it this long. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't know. We out here. We out here. Oh, God. Um. All right. So, we've got the last... The last episode of you. Oh, we made it. <sighs> we made it. I keep calling Tooth it us. Tooth and nail. <laughs> Just, yeah. No. I wish you were talking about us. 
I know. Um, when I went to tweet out for questions today, I was like, all right, we're about to watch the last episode of Us. What questions do you have about Us? And then I was like, wait, what? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. Um, if you could describe this episode in three words, what would it be? Oh, God. Um, can I do four? Please glass cage of emotion <laughs> stop <laughs> i think i made that joke last time but this time it's more present <laughs> it's much more related i'm gonna say a writer's hell yeah oh no because- fuck i could do it in two stockholm syndrome <laughs> well yeah that too stockholm syndrome revenge question mark <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, Stockholm Syndrome, and then the last word is just question marks. Yeah, no, it's Stockholm Syndrome, M-dash. <laughs> a bunch of question marks. Oh, God. Okay, so this is the last episode of the first season. We do know that there's a second season coming. Yeah. Um, and who knows it, when that will be? Honestly, who knows? It does have the girl from The Haunting of Hill House, right? I don't remember that. Yeah, we, I think we talked about that. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, this episode is titled Bluebeard's Castle, and, like, fuck off, first of all. Like, fuck off. I hate this. And, (laughs) hey, real quick, fuck off. (laughs) Yeah, I I haven't thought about Bluebeard since uh, college, I guess, Um, and just the idea of, like, it, I don't know, this felt like a very, um... Twilight thing to me of like a very overt title. Right. Um, like, do you get it? Do you, do you get, get it? it? Do you get it? <laughs> He's gonna kill her. Do you get it? Do you? Hey. Same. <laughs> so last week, right, he did the damn thing. He kidnapped her um, after Beck found out about all the teeth that he had kept up in his ceiling. Yeah. And, like, that's just so unfair because it's just teeth, right? Yeah, I um, mean, you're being way harsh, Beck. <laughs> so, everyone has a fucking mason jar full of rotting old teeth. It's just, like, a normal thing, Beck. I don't understand why you're making a big deal. Yeah, ever been on Pinterest? Come on. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> don't. Yeah, you know what? Actually, that's what did me in. Um, <laughs> I had to close my Pinterest account after seeing someone just decorate dead teeth, you know? Yeah, sure. It was gross. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so, like, right off the bat, when this episode gets started, like, Beck is like, oh, shit, I'm in the box. Oh, shit. Everyone thinks I'm on a writer's retreat. This is fucked. Um, and then Joe makes it quickly clear that this is just, like, her being punished for what she did but he still wants to like fuck her yeah and like he still wants to get back together with her and it felt awful to have him describe that Mm -hmm. um and then this like mementos conversation where he's like i don't understand why you think that me keeping your underwear is weird back you (laughs) have a t-shirt of nirvana that's a memento. Me with your dirty underwear, it's also a memento. I don't understand what the problem is. I, like, I mean, we all know that Joe is I- incredibly delusional, but it re- like, it's really honed in on this episode that he, like, 
truly does not understand Mm-mm. that any of this shit is bad. Um, and I think this is the most explicit the show has been at, like, almost critiquing it. I feel like throughout this season it's been very passive or it's just been like, but that's just Joe, you know? He's a little weirdo, but he loves her, so it's fine. Right. Um, this one I feel like, at least from Beck's perspective and from the show's perspective, it feels a bit more like, this is bad, right? Yeah. It definitely, to me, it came off in very much a, like, we are going to show this because right. it's a problem. Yeah. Kind of and, thing. like, right. And, like, when you see him compare, like, oh, you sleep in, like, my old t-shirts, you know? Like, that's the same as having your panties. It's like, no, what? No. What? <laughs> no, Joe. <laughs> that I keep in a little box in my bathroom, like an ceiling. animal in the ceiling. <laughs> not at all suspicious. That's not where suspicious With things teeth go. teeth and your cell phone and also everything from all of your friends and people you fucked before. Like keepsakes. Keepsakes, you know? We all have little trinkets and things <laughs> from memory lane. Listen, Beck, you might have the whisper of a rose tucked <laughs> into an old poetry book because you're an awful cliche. Yeah. But me... I like to have real things, real things attached to memories, Beck. And maybe that is your underwear. I don't understand why you're making it a big deal. No, fucking relax. Um, one of the things that I, I hated the most about this, and this is where, to me, it felt very obvious that this was like a more of a critiquing episode yeah. of when he's like, I understand that you're in a glass box right now. And listen, I get that you don't want to be here, but Beck, I'm doing this to keep you safe. <sighs> and it was like, ooh, no. <laughs> no. It's such, like, a weird... I don't know. It's very strange to watch because you see him be, like, totally trying to, like, ra- make this... Like, rationalize this in his brain. Right. Um, And, like, and the way that he, like, so easily does it is, like, really hard to watch. Yeah, it's And so how terrifying. instantaneously it is. And even when Beck is, like, quote-unquote pretending, or even in the first bit of it where she may actually have, like, Stockholm Syndrome, uh, where it seems like she's actually kind of receptive to some of it, right? Where right. it's, like, I don't know, she has a, you know, is terrified, but is also, like, has all these deep connections with this guy, and this is the first, like, quote-unquote real relationship she's had with someone... And it feels like those two pulling at each other is very weird and nebulous. It's just, oh, it's just, like, so much. It is so much. The thing about this episode that, to me, felt the most disrespectful, and that's saying something because he's kept (laughs) his girlfriend in a box. That's the baseline here. (laughs) Is when he gives back the pee bucket. Yeah. And is like, you know what you need to do right now, Beck? You need to write. And I'm going to give you this typewriter and you are going to write in this glass box and you don't get any breaks from your writing. Mm -hmm. You just need to create right now because nothing says creativity like being stuck in a box. Yeah. It's him with this fucking like God complex where he just thinks that like everything he's doing, A, is for her and also that he's just trying to help, you know, that he thinks that, right? Right. And so he's like, oh, this is really good. I can just have her in this solitary place and she, with a typewriter, totally analog, no social media, all these things that are totally plaguing her mind and ruining her fucking life and our relationship. And she can just be free of all these things and just make the best fucking writing of her life. 
Ugh. not fully understanding that she is pr- like imprisoned his girlfriend right and because also i guess like you're also saying this level too where we keep getting flashbacks of of him and being locked in the in this glass cage of emotions by mr mooney right yeah (laughs) and so i guess like yeah that's a huge part of his trauma and his backstory that maybe is making him rationalize this too because he's like oh you know if i didn't have that i would like didn't have those experiences, then I would have not been where I am today. Because, like, he didn't have a family, and Mr. Moon is all he had, and it made him grow or whatever. But he's, like, not cognizant of the fact that was, like, a very abusive situation. And no. power dynamic between them, right? And no, so he's no. like, well, this worked for me, and I turned out great. So let's just... It'll be fine. Yeah. Again, he's also not thinking through ahead of these things, no, as he it. always does. The thing that, for me, pisses me off the most about that is coming from someone who identifies as a creative person, uh-huh. being forced to create in that manner, given not only the emotions that she's going through of, like, oh, my life is literally on the line, yep. um, but also, like, when I thought I was going to be a writer uh-huh. um, in college, the last thing I ever wanted to do was write. Yeah. And so if you fucking put me in a box where the only option I can do is look at these classics but not really touch them, yeah. write or pee, what? No. <laughs> Where's my Twitter? Where's yeah. cleaning my house instead I'm of I'm going to pee like, on all your books, fucking yeah, dude. Fuck <laughs> you, Joe. <laughs> Shit, Joe. <laughs> you can't stop me. I'm going to look at you and piss on these books like I'm a cat. Yeah. Like, take that, first edition Dickens. Eat shit. (laughs) (laughs) Eat my shit. (laughs) Literally. Literally. So, the thing that I I guess just shows how much Joe doesn't give a fuck is he's like, all right, babe, you're going to write a great American novel in here, BRB. And then he just, like, dips to go take care of, like, Claudia and Paco. Uh, uh, (laughs) Okay. Uh, it's like, don't worry. Uh, just give me like eight hours, and I'll be right back. It's basically the same thing that he did with Benji, like dying in the car, and he yeah. was like, "Eh, I'll deal with that later." That's that's a later me problem. That's an evening problem. Yeah. Um, so Claudia and Paco. Um, the thing that sucks about this, right, is like, there's so many abusive relationships happening here, yeah. but Claudia. Um, gets just fucking beat to hell yeah. by Ron and now Joe thinks that he has to step in and like take care of this situation which like sorry you are the least qualified person right um, the thing okay if I'm gonna be honest the thing that upsets me the most about this episode is Paco yeah like, I, I, I feel like Tyra Banks. Like, I also, believe everyone, in him. Just, just a reminder, in this episode, we've seen Beck get trapped in a cage. <laughs> where she's forced to piss in a bucket. <laughs> and I, the worst thing about this is this tiny, tiny boy that we love so much. <laughs> Listen, I believed in Paco. I didn't believe in Beck. I believed in Paco. That's true. Beck gave us nothing to root for. <laughs> Uh, the way that Joe portrays her is is a very awful one dimensional character, and so yeah. I I don't. But Paco, we had a pipe dream. We just <laughs> that's true. No, something to root for. Yeah, he's a little boy, and yeah. Joe believed in him, and therefore he got more screen time. Yeah. Um, 
And so Paco, of course, he's his mom get beat to hell by Ron. I was like, you know what the best case scenario is, is to finally kill this motherfucker I've been talking about for so long. <sighs> Paco, your adolescent squishy brain just doesn't really think about consequences. Um, but sure. And of course, Ron, an adult man who's maybe a probation officer, we still don't know. Um, but he's like a known abuser is like, well, fuck you, kid. I guess it's time to fight. And of course, Joe steps in because he has to solve this problem. And then just like fucking stabs Ron. Uh, sir, yes, haven't you, you killed enough? Yeah, I, I was so flabbergasted <clears throat> at that point. Because I'm like, at this point, he is so caught up with all of this shit. And he's like, try. And at this point, I think we find out about the pi or we like, do we so like he's on edge because he's like fuck i'm gonna get got soon and i need to cover my tracks and then he fucking kills a man in broad daylight <laughs> it's like motherfucker cut the brakes leave it alone there, there's another way to handle this maybe don't kill someone and maybe not in front of this tiny boy <laughs> yeah he does it in front of paco which paco like, is watching him. no Jesus. this won't traumatize you at all don't worry about it can you talk to us more about this PI situation? Oh my god. So, <laughs> did y'all forget about Peach? Because we haven't. Because <laughs> we never will. <laughs> never will. And apparently, there, we hear that, we figure this out from the friends. Yes. Right. So, in effort, in this whole escapade of Joe not seeing Beck for. A full day. <laughs> he goes to chat with the the friends, the the shitty yes. friends, um, and he's like, "Oh my god, have you guys seen Beck? Like, I'm so nervous. I haven't heard from her. We had this big fight, and it was this whole thing, and I'm so sad." And they're like, "Don't worry, Joe. She's on the writing retreat. Haven't you heard?" Uh, oh. And he's like, "Oh, I'm super bummed and sad because uh, we had a fight, and like, I caught her cheating on me uh, with." her therapist and they were like oh my god joe what i thought you were end game and uh, it was the worst thing i've ever seen and i hated every minute of it um but through that conversation we find out that peach's family the salingers have hired a pi because in their words a salinger would never commit suicide <laughs> i cannot with this family it's so much and it adds to that creepy layer of that that one voiceover that was like imagine you're in this beautiful like aristocratic like classic family but you're gay and that's bad and also it's like you would never kill yourself it's like oh what's going on it's bad and so now joe's on edge because he's like shit and also we find out that he's for sure, like, didn't cover his tracks because he pissed in a jar. Oh, my God. <laughs> but the he was piss at jar. the um, mansion or whatever, and he, would, he gets this flashback. He's like, oh, shit, I forgot about the jar. <laughs> the piss. <laughs> the piss jar. He's just on his knees in the middle of Brooklyn being like, my piss. <laughs> no. It's like... Jesus I could. Christ I should have kept it in. <laughs> <laughs> I should have pissed my pants. <laughs> oh God, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um. So, Beck. Oh. <laughs> I just. Oh, Beck. Um. So bless her heart. She is in a survival mindset. Yes. Um. As awful as that is. Yeah. Um. But she does try to escape 
the glass box at some point. Um, now, to be fair, she does a pretty sucky job at it. Because she's yeah. like, Joe, I just, I really need to use a bathroom that has, like, real toilet paper and not instead of these, like, paper towels that you gave me. Um, and I just, like, really need to go. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is, like, she's, like, making up all these excuses or whatever the fuck. But then it's just, like, looking exactly what she's thinking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Her eyes just keep moving from one side to the next. <laughs> yeah. She's, like, ah. Oh. Joe, whatever will take you to open this door. I just want to fuck you so bad. But oh. she's just like, her eyes are, it's like in a cartoon where they, her irises have changed to words and she's just like, help. <laughs> uh, anyways, it wasn't great. Um, now, I think it is worth talking about the fact that she does, her mindset changes a little bit in this episode of like, well, um, Joe is unhinged. And me making attempts to escape and plead to his empathy are definitely not going to work. Right. Because that doesn't exist. (laughs) So the only thing that's going to work is if I play into his hand here. Like, under the guise of of still loving him or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And so this, like, she ends up writing basically this cover story for Joe. Mm-hmm. That, like, instead of Joe being the one that killed everybody, it was her therapist, Uncle Jesse. <laughs> and, Who like, loves the good yogurt. <laughs> yes, and also the good weed. Yeah. Um, and that, like, he's the bad guy who, like, killed everyone around mm-hmm. her. And basically just gave him this alibi. Yeah. And I hate it. I hate mm-hmm. that she has to do this, but, like, yeah. whatever. I think the thing that fucks me up about this is that Beck, like, finally gets out. Right. She can, she you knows she's, like, schmoozing and yeah. being very manipulative and, right. and working her angles. Yeah. And finally trades places with Joe. Yeah. He is now in the glass box. She glass is Glass cage of emotion. <laughs> the glass, yes. The glass cage of emotion. Yeah. The thing that fucks me up about this is she's, you know, she's trying to survive. And so her brain isn't firing on on all pistons here. And so she's like, all right, I'm going to lock him in this box and then I'm going to escape. Not realizing that, like, the basement door would have a lock, I guess. And so she's like, oh, beans, I can't get out. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, And the fucked up thing about this, too... Is, like, while she's trying to escape, um, and she has, like, Joe locked in there, she, like, hears Paco in the yeah. store. And I hate this part because Paco, it's like, opens rough. the door. Yeah. And I think this is the first time that I noticed it anyways, that there was, like, that metal door there, too. Yeah. I don't think that was ever, at least I totally missed it. I don't, I just don't think that it was shown before. Yeah. That, so, Paco opens the door. There's, like, 40 locks in here. Why is this this intricate door? There's this prison bars, basically, set up to keep someone from leaving the basement to get to the, the door. And Beck's like, you gotta help me out, Paco. Like, you gotta call anyone right everyone help help me please and in the ultimate like 
Joe fashion, he just turns away. And it Paco. 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 God damn it. It just, it kills me because it, it feels very much of like, oh, his grooming of this child has worked. And that's, you know what? That's another fucked up thing too, where like part of this, I don't even remember if this is like when she's trying to get out or she's still kind of like Stockholm-y a little bit. It all blends together. It all blurs and whatever. But she's trying to be like, oh, to Joe when she's in the in the cage. <laughs> and she's like, well, Paco, what are you going to do about Paco? Like, if uh, if Ron's whatever fucking up and and uh, Claudia's not there, like, right. you're the only one that cares about Paco. You're the only one that Paco has left. And, like, you want... We should, like, you know, make sure that Paco's, like, good and, like, can live for, you know, whatever and be safe. Right. And, like, this whole fucking time we're seeing this portrait of, like, Joe being the only thing in Paco's life. And Paco's just, like, totally fucked otherwise. We're, like, Claudia loves Paco. Claudia is just having, is in a emotionally and physically abusive relationship and also has addiction issues. Like, those are very challenging things and also doesn't detract that she loves her son and is trying no. to do the best for him. She very obviously loves her son. <laughs> like, right. And, and, and she is just yeah. going through it. She's just not always capable of being able to do that in a safe way. Right. Which, like, is totally understandable and whatever. But Joe also, like, is not a, the fucking prodigal son of, like, caring for Paco. Like, no. remember when... Joe was supposed to care for Paco, and then he just kept fucking back for, like, a week straight and never hung out with Paco when Claudia was on her fucking shit? Come on. What? Yeah, I I don't understand his entitlement to Paco, other than, like, the obvious part of, like, oh, this is a a new chance for me, but with boy. Yeah. Um, With boy. (laughs) Like, Uh, congratulations, you killed a dude. (laughs) Good That doesn't make you, like, someone who cares actively about this kid's life. No. And I I couldn't help but think about during this part of when Claudia was, like, in the hospital and Karen was, like, trying to take care of stuff. And it was, like, literally his job to, like, take care of of Paco's safety. And he didn't give a flying fuck. No. So it's only when he feels like he can, like, step in and rescue yeah. Does it does it matter? And I hate that. And that interaction with him and Claudia in the hospital was like so fucking infuriating. That like she was like basic like so close to being on her deathbed. And he was just like screaming at her for yeah. not caring about Paco and fucking it up and all this shit for letting Ron back in and everything. And she's like, motherfucker, like you are not his father. Like you are no. this is not your son. This is not your son. Like I'm figuring shit out and it's not going great, but I also don't need to be fucking accosted when I just like got the shit beaten out of me. All right? Yeah. Like and I'm here in the hospital. <laughs> I'm in I'm on a hospital bed in hospital gowns. Please do not yell at me. <laughs> Sorry, I have a hospital gown out. My ass is showing to everyone. You cannot yell at me right now. You don't have the right to yell at me. That's this the law. Is- <laughs> 
I am wearing those anti-slip socks <laughs> that the hospital gave me. You do not dare raise yeah. your voice to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my you God. listen here, kiddo. You don't fucking yell at me. No. In a hospital gown. <laughs> the audacity. Good lord. God. Oh, you can tell he just doesn't have a filter when he does that. Yeah, um, Jesus. All right, so the ending of this. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, Papa doesn't open the door, and it's, like, very obvious when you're watching this. Like, well, uh... Bye-bye. Season wrap on back. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Paco, for being complicit in a murder. (laughs) For real. In two murders, Jesus. Yeah, true. (laughs) In all these murders. Listen, Paco was a witness to one of them. Paco didn't actually murder. (laughs) But by not opening that door, he did do a murder. And that's the law. (laughs) <laughs> well yep folks you heard it here for um he did also get those murder supplies so like <laughs> <laughs> fuck you right <laughs> he's uh he's a little bit more involved than he should be sure i love to think that he was blissfully unaware and just like he's like i'm gonna get do some errands for my good friend joe and he's gonna love me and get me three musketeers <laughs> or that one and he's like buy a stick of dynamite and rope and like <laughs> And buy an anvil, please. <laughs> and uh, cyanide. The coyote following you. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. So Beck uh, gets got. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> uh, surprising to no one. Surprise. Um, and it goes great for Joe and no one else. <laughs> okay, listen. Yeah. The ending of this fucks me up. Yeah. So Beck wrote this whole thing. Yeah. Like, under the guise that it would get her out of this cage so she could leave. Yeah. And then Joe kills her, saves yeah. her teeth, probably. Sure, sure, yeah. And then, like, th- basically as soon as Paco leaves, the, the story, like, skips forward a couple months. Yeah. And what we see is this, like, book show and, like, event happening in the bookstore. Mm-hmm. Where we now know that, like... Beck's gone got. Yeah. Um, but they're celebrating her book. And I hate this. Yeah. I don't know if you uh, paused it, but there's like, so Joe is like putting up, he's doing this little narration of like, oh, I wish you were here to see this because everyone loves your book and it's awful. But he's making this little display at Mooney's and he's, you know, there's a bunch of copies of her book and stuff. And there's also this big like poster or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I I paused it to read what it said. Oh, goody. And it was basically like, well, you know, Guinevere Beck was mostly known for dying tragically at very oh young age. Oh, my God. But what is... What was not as no- well known was her like incredible ability to write and like all of this shit. It is what it's like so awful. It's so bad. And I'm just imagining Joe fucking smugly typing this bullshit and yeah. printing it on a giant ass poster. It's awful. And it's like a collection of essays and all this shit. And also we see fucking John Stamos get got. Oh my god. It's so wild that, like, this book gets published. Everyone is, like, lamenting her death. Joe is all, like, in it um, because he's a narcissist and just, like, lets Uncle Jesse get taken away for 
smoking a dube, which yeah. is his only crime because it's illegal and also against God. Uh, but he, <laughs> that's God's gets, law. <laughs> that's, listen, it's not my law. It's God's law. Um, uh, <laughs> um, sorry, the Bible says. Um, <laughs> Um, but Joe is like fine with it because he just wipes his hands and is like, "Well, that sucks." And it was <laughs> so easy. Like everything is has been so easy for him up to this point, which yes. is rude because he's very bad at murder. <laughs> he's <laughs> an awful murder, objectively. It's not the satisfying way, like the same way that like How to Get Away with Murder and all those shows are very satisfying because everything is so like specifically neatly tidied up and done to like the exact millisecond right and it's satisfying to see those things like get covered up or whatever like in a in a fictional setting obviously and be like wow that you know i'm glad it worked out for them or whatever (laughs) i'm glad they did their crime but this one he didn't deserve any of it he like just accidentally killed a bunch of people and was like fuck it i guess i'll wing it and then everything was fine like he had police on him and private investigators and all this shit questioning him and he had like evidence out the wazoo that could have just totally done him in but he just skates by on a very easy frame and it's really annoying just like a typical white man you know what i mean am i right uh, in my right. So, how does this episode, this season finale, end? So, we're back. It's basically like a repeat of the the first few minutes of this show in in its entirety, where yes. it's been a little bit, and Joe's still working at Mooney's, and he, like some a, a a pretty lady walks in, and he's like, "Oh, let me." do this whole thing again where I psychoanalyze you and I don't know who you are but I am now madly in love with you and obsessed with you (laughs) it's like oh you don't want to be seen because you're wearing a hoodie but also you're wearing a short skirt so you kind of want attention and it's like literally jump off a cliff and never return (laughs) please god and then we find out that it's fucking Candace holy shit dun 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 dun. Dun dun dun. In the most lukewarm twist ever. (laughs) I hope she fucking guts him in the first episode of season two. It's what we deserve. (laughs) I just fucking gut him and run away with the first woman you see, Candace. Take out his guts (laughs) and eat them. (laughs) And put them in a box in your ceiling. Yeah. God. Um, So that's season one. Hey Yikes. We did. Um, we did. We did the damn thing. Um, next week, we're going to go back in time a little bit. <laughs> we're going to take it back. We're going to rewind it real quick. Take um, it back now, y'all. Oh, my Jesus Christ. Everybody clap your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I actually hate this. <laughs> Me too. You did it, though. Um, you also thought- did Starting next week, the first gotta, two chapters. I gotta buy this book. Me too. Ugh. And I'm upset. Uh, I don't want to support this, but here no. we are. Do you know who I'm happy supports us, though? Ooh, segue. Back <laughs> at it again. <laughs> you thought I was God gone, damn. but I'm back. God damn. God, okay, so we have our lovely 
pastels to uh -huh. thank today. I am going to start off today with, and we have we have now a, a complete Salinger family, I guess. Yeah, um, all the Salingers are here. <laughs> I would like to first thank Sophia Salinger. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Your quiz this week is... Dun, 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 dun. Wait, are you actually Bran Stark? <laughs> <laughs> Who can say? Who's to know, you know what I mean? Shout out to Aaron Salinger. Whoa. Who's going to be... You've always suspected that your personality matches a cupcake. Now we'll tell you which one. <laughs> oh my god. Haven't you always suspected? <laughs> what type of cupcake are you? Oh god. I am... No, I know this. I am... Vanilla cake chocolate icing. Oh. If I was trying to think better of myself, I'm a dark chocolate cupcake with a caramel filling. Oh, yeah. But what I actually am is a Funfetti cupcake, so. Oh, yeah. But Funfetti's good. There's some moments. Yeah. Actually, if I'm being honest, like, oh, I'm the Funfetti God. cake batter. <laughs> like, let's be real. <laughs> Just in a spoon. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I love a good raw egg, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just guzzle them down. All right. Um, thank you to Alex Blythe, Ow. who is, uh, choose between these TV love triangles and we'll tell you why you're single. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> Get on it, Alex. <laughs> oh, God. I was calling you out. <laughs> yep. All right. Shout out to Marie Mooney. Bow, bow, bow. Who's going to be... Plan your dream vacation, and we'll reveal what staple crop you are. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Shout out to Taylor Browntown Lautner, Braver oh. Than the Marines. Salute. Um, Taylor, your quiz this week is, take this quiz to find out which aquamarine character you are. <laughs> oh, hell yes. Aquamarine fucking rules. Aquamarine fucks, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Shout out to Katie Weber. Wow, wow, wow. Who's gonna be? There's so many to choose from. Hold on one more. There's so many. There's so much content here. Well, guess your favorite childhood toy based on which justice outfit you pick. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, shout out to Katie Weber. I just did that. You're on Simon Steele. What? Fuck. Um, <laughs> I no you know what fuck you Katie gets extra love today. yeah hell yeah Katie um, <laughs> keep doing you all right um all right Simon all more yoked than I always imagined you are steel Simon uh, bring out the gun steel <laughs> Simon exception to the lesbian gun rule steel right. uh, <laughs> Simon um, who could kick my ass so easily steel <laughs> Simon who I would give up my seat on the subway for because I oh afraid. easily <laughs> Sir, sorry. It would be an honor, service. Simon. Uh, okay. Sorry, Simon. We're objectifying you. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that's my fault. Okay, Simon. So, your quiz is, we know which muffin flavor matches your personality based on the ice cream sundae you build. Ooh. It's very nuanced. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, in a surprising turn of events, I have a fan fiction today for you that was sent by Taylor Brown Tom Lautner. Hell yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I didn't read this one last week. Okay. Uh, okay, so this is by Sunflowers and Honey on the award-winning archive of our own. 
<laughs> the Hugo. <laughs> Did they win or were they just nominated? I think they were just a, a nominated. Okay, I was going to say, so. I was going to lose my mind. Um, this is titled Safe from Your Demons, and it was published uh, two months ago. Hell yeah. All right, here's a summary for you. Bookstores were her safe haven, an escape from reality, a million portals into new worlds. And when Rose meets a certain bookworm, well, she just has to keep coming back to see him. Little does she know that Mooney's bookstore was a spider's web, a trap into Joe's cold clutches. So this is from Joe's point of view. <clears throat> I knew I was going back in the cage. I've been in trouble with Mr. Mooney enough times to know what would get me in there. But honestly, it doesn't matter. Not when my mind is elsewhere. Searching my mind for the sweet moments with her, with Rose. It didn't take me long at all to find her name. For Christ's sake, it was embroidered onto her handbag. How could I not find out? But what a perfect name it is for her. Everything about her is intoxicating. Beautiful. Just like a rose. The way she looked at me, emerald eyes searching my own, it was exciting. And I can't forget her eagerness to defend me against Mr. Mooney's false claims. She seemed to care about me. Did she care? And seen. Great. And I feel like Joe's eternal question is like, did she, hey, I just looked at a, someone accidentally. Does she want to fuck me? Oh, God. Uh, fuck you, Joe. Yeah. For real, though. Um, well, as we say here in Seattle... Give it. Give it. <laughs> <laughs> right. so God. <laughs> um, and get whipped, fuckers. Ow. Bye. <laughs> We're all dying. <laughs> Just one dramatic pause, you know? This is an Earbud Media production. You can find us on Twitter at Earbud Media and listen to the rest of our shows. You can find this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, as well as IntoTheTwilight.show. You can send us an email at IntoTheTwilightShow at gmail.com. You can also become a sponsor of the show or buy some merch at IntoTheTwilight.BigCartel.com. Our art is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at YourGhostToast44 on Instagram. And our music is done by Eli Krauss, you can find at EliSourKrauss and KraussFilms.com. The intro and outro is by KB Smith, you can find at kb underscore underscore smith on twitter you can find ally on twitter at into wild places and you can find me at dyke discourse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone